Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement, give hope, and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes, share inspiring stories and practical tips, our desire is to continue to serve you and new listeners. Could you please share our podcast with a friend? You can learn more about Take Heart on our website at takeartspecialmoms.com, and there are also links for everything that we will discuss today in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. Thank you for joining us today. So welcome to episode 92 of Take Heart. This is Carrie M. Holtz. I'm so glad you're joining us today. So today we're continuing our summer interview series, and we are going to hear from Kristen Faith Evans. Kristen is an author, a speaker, and a social worker. She is also a mother of two children who have rare genetic disorders and complex needs. Her greatest passion is walking with others on their journeys to a deeper faith and mental health wholeness. She has her master's in Christian spiritual formation. Kristen and her son also co-authored a therapeutic book for younger siblings entitled Beth's Umbrella, Loving My Sister with Special Needs. This is available on Amazon. She and her husband are also beginning to lead workshops to empower married couples who are parenting children with special needs and will be co-authoring a book together. You can find out more about Kristen at her website, kristenfaithevans.com. And again, we'll have these links in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. Well, hello, Kristen. Welcome to Take Heart. Thank you for being a guest for us today. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here. So would you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself and your family? So my husband and I have celebrated 20 years of marriage this year, which is great. Thank you. It's, it's uh, been a journey. Um, we have two children, both have very rare genetic disorders, completely unrelated. When our son was a small baby, he became very ill and uh, started having seizures and needed a feeding tube. And the doctors just could not uh, figure out what was wrong. And finally, they ran all the testing again, found that he had a metabolic disorder that only had 13 documented cases in the world at the time. So treatment was trial and error. He had already um, begun to have developmental red flags for lots of different um, developmental complications. It's been a battle his whole life, both him battling and us battling for him developmentally uh, and medically. He's actually doing very, very well 
at um, almost 16. Our daughter, when, when our son was about three years old, our daughter was born with Creedy-Shaw syndrome, which is a really severe, her, her actual deletion is very severe. So she has um, intellectual disabilities, physical disabilities, and many medical complications um, and medical fragility. So that's my family, um, which is in just a little nutshell. So my daily life is totally unpredictable. I can make plans, um, but then I've learned to be very flexible and just go with the flow. Uh, I'm a writer and a speaker and a licensed master's social worker. That's pretty incredible. I can just imagine how each day just brings something new. And so what, what is something that you are passionate about that you would want special needs moms to know about this journey? My passion really stems from both of my education and experience, which is ministry um, and clinical mental health, as well as my story. And that is the two collide where I think a lot of times moms are suffering in silence. And I did for years with guilt and shame, which can lead to isolation and depression. And then you add in faith doubts, faith struggles, um, those type things. And then the fear to seek mental health treatment a lot of times in the Christian community. And I just, I think a lot of moms are suffering in silence and in emotional and spiritual isolation. And so my passion is to share my story, um, which is uh, a pretty, uh, pretty powerful story to be vulnerable, to let other moms know it's okay. And there's a lot of us who are going through this and we need to speak up and support one another. Definitely. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your story with us today? Yes, I love sharing my story. It's really hard to share it, but I believe, um, you know, if I can help another mom rise up out of hopelessness, um, then it's, it's been worth it. So when my daughter, when I was pregnant with my daughter, Bethany Grace, I began to experience post-traumatic stress disorder. The entire pregnancy was an absolute nightmare. I went into preterm labor at least 20 times. Um, ended up having ultrasounds every single day for the last two months that I was pregnant. We were told she wouldn't survive. Um, if by a miracle she did, she would have a very severe heart defect, tetralogy of flow, wouldn't survive the surgery. I mean, it just went on and on and on. Right. Um, she did survive. Uh, it was a miracle after she was in fetal distress for six minutes, they called it, said she didn't make it. Um, and I basically looked at the doctors and told them to get her out <laughs> and she came out pink. Um, and so the doctors were baffled, just baffled. Um, and then lo and behold, the heart defect had vanished. Wow. Doctors stood at the foot of my bed, just saying they couldn't explain it. So I had this incredible joy of these miracles and the miracle of our daughter, but also this traumatic 
stress that had been building. And if I'm honest, uh, probably depression already at that point, Yeah, which just compounded with the stress in the NICU for three months. And then uh, she came home after three months and we were not able to secure nursing at that point in the home. I was battling insurance. We had a little makeshift NICU in our bedroom with four machines and yeah, 24 hour care. So that stress began to just wear me down to the point. I just couldn't function. Um, and with the, with the traumatic, um, just flashbacks, nonstop, the depression, the stress, I spiraled and then the spiritual darkness began. I was yeah. very bitter, very angry. How could God be good and allow us to suffer, allow my daughter to suffer? Long story short, I spiraled into a severe mental health crisis. I did not seek help. Uh, by the time I did 16 months later, it was too late. And I made a very serious suicide attempt. Wow. Um, doctors could not explain how I had survived. I shouldn't have survived after four days um, in the ICU on a ventilator. So I had been given a second chance at life, but I still didn't know how to live in this pressure cooker and in this depression and in this agonizing separation from God, you know, I'd had lifelong faith and, um, I had to begin to learn how to truly live. And that, that came when I finally released the need to know, I don't know how God could be good. I, I don't understand it. But I can either continue to live miserably and just have no hope, or I can just trust God and dive into my life. So that's where my story really begins of living in the midst of all this pain and stress, but living in more joy than I've ever experienced in my life. One of the things I was reading on your website, you have the six ways for special needs parents to thrive stronger, looking at mental health. And I know one of the things that I read that you said were you wished when your daughter was in the NICU that you could just cry and that someone mm -hmm. had told you. And I know for me personally, my, my personal journey has really been wrapped around that grief and the grieving cycle and helping special needs parents to understand that it's always a part of our journey that we're always somewhere in the cycle. And there are moments when, you know, different emotions rise up and just not to, not to fight them. And so what would you, what would you say to a mom who is in that situation right now? And she doesn't feel like she can cry. She's believing, I guess, the lie that we have to hold our emotions in the whole time when we're going through something like that. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of reasons we feel that way. One, um, I think we have the thoughts and feelings that we're like, I shouldn't be thinking that I shouldn't be thinking. I'm disappointed. My child isn't healthy or typical. So then, you know, that prevents us um, as well as I felt like if I allowed myself to feel, I would just completely, the dam would break open. Yeah. Um, and then also, if, if you really don't have the coping skills to be able to manage and, and re-regulate from letting those emotions flow, 
um, then that, that can actually make things worse. So, um, I, you know, I actually, I wrote a blog post on this recently and, um, you know, I think there's, I call them the R steps, um, but just allowing, uh, allowing ourselves to validate. It makes sense. I feel this way and just objectively looking at all that is going on and saying, okay, it makes sense. Validate. Uh, who wouldn't be sad in this situation? Right. And then just allowing ourselves a couple of moments to feel those emotions. And then looking at or praying through, okay, processing those emotions. And then looking at a future of, okay, I'm in this right now. What can this look like though? Two days, a month, a year from now. And then re-regulating, going back to, okay, I've processed that. Right now I'm in this moment and going back to just throwing ourselves into what we're doing that day. Yeah. 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 No, it's really good. I think, I think oftentimes, I mean, you're right. And in those crisis instances, I, I have even found, I have a hard time praying because I feel like if I open that floodgate of, you know, it's, it's these short just one word prayers to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I'm really honest with him about how I'm feeling, it's going to open the floodgates and then I'm not going to be able to function or make, you know, life changing decisions for our son, which have, we've had many experiences like that. And I know you have too. And, but I think one of the things that we have to encourage these, our moms and our listeners and parents is that when the feelings come back again, because they're going to reoccur, mm -hmm. you can't keep shutting them down. Right. And you, and I know you said earlier before we got on about, uh, I think we're kind of hiding with shame over these feelings. Can you speak mm -hmm. to that a little bit? I, and that was a lot of where I began to isolate was beginning to feel shame for thoughts that was having. Um, the first time I went to the conference for my daughter's syndrome, a parent spoke and said, I felt like maybe it would have been better if our son hadn't survived. And I sat there like, I'm not the only person in the world right. who has had this horrific thought. And then he said, I guarantee most of you in this room have had thoughts like that. Yeah. And it was those thoughts that I just, they were too horrible to even acknowledge I was having them, which the shame comes in when we start to say things about ourselves. Yeah. I'm a bad person. I am a horrible Christian. I'm a bad mom for having these thoughts. And that's where the shame starts to come in. Yeah. Whereas if we are willing to connect with other parents, other moms, connect with our pastor and pray through those and be vulnerable, that's where we can process and heal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to identify and be willing to share about that. And I know for me personally, 
when I feel like I've needed to reach out for help, it's, it's that belief that it's all on me. And somehow I have failed as a mom because Mm -hmm. I need help. Do you Mm -hmm. have any advice for moms like me who, who are struggling even with that? Like, okay, I need to go see a therapist. Well, that means that I didn't have what it takes to be the wife and mom that I need to be. Yes. I told myself that message, um, especially when my daughter was very little, I needed private duty nursing. I needed family to help me. I needed all these therapists to help me with um, OTPT, you know, with my daughter, then I couldn't even function. I needed a, a personal therapist to even help me be a mom. I told myself that message. Yeah. There is something wrong with me. I'm a bad mom. And then through my healing and therapy, Um, I realized, no, I'm a good mom because I'm getting my child the care that they need, regardless of what I have to do. You know, if I was just trying to do it on my own, which I did for a while, that, that didn't turn out very well. Yeah. So that's, I think, reframing the messages that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And stepping back and objectively looking at, you know, other moms can do it. Why, why do I need all this? And then, look, okay, other moms don't have a child who is on four machines. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's those messages that we tell ourselves. Yeah. So would you say just if someone, if there's a mom listening today and she has been living in shame, what's that first step that you would tell her that she needs to do to walk into the light? I would say there's two steps and I, I don't know. It's hard to know which one for the person, you know, the two steps are being able to just collapse in Jesus arms yeah, and accept that embrace and reaching out to other people. Yeah. Now you may not have the strength to reach out to other people and the courage without God giving you that. But then you may not have the courage and the strength to go to God with your bitter and angerness without someone being there with you to support you in that. Those are the two key things to that bring us out of the darkness because shame thrives in isolation and disconnection. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So I know on your website, you talk about your desire is to help special needs moms live strong. And I loved that acronym. And so could you share just a little bit about where that came from and maybe what a few of those, the letters mean Mm -hmm. for encouraging special needs moms and special needs parents and moms in their journey? Yeah. So what I, what I imagine is living strong is despite all the challenges and all the storms and all the waves that hit us rising up and being able to thrive in our circumstances. And so the S um, self-care and that people say that word. And a lot of people are reacting to the term self-care right? because they think it means, Oh, I'm going to go get a pedicure or that's not what I mean as a therapist. I mean, I quit taking showers. I was getting no sleep. I was doing nothing for myself. I'm talking about basic 
eating yeah. healthy and taking time for yourself. The T triumph. Triumph is living in joy out of and in the midst of our painful and challenging circumstances, finding a way to do that. Our relationships, like I spoke about before, are critical. Support groups are critical. Relationships, even if you have to mend and work really hard with family um, and a significant other um, spouse. Um, O is uh, others. And I believe that reaching out to help others and support others um, brings us joy and really helps us heal in nurture. Um, throughout all this, it can be really hard to nurture every aspect of our child's life when we're just trying to keep them alive. Right. Um, and I have struggled with sitting and reading books to my daughter, but nurturing spiritual, physical, emotional, um, health in every way. And G is God. Um, and I know that a lot, a lot of special needs moms do not have faith. They're not Christian, um, maybe angry at God. They've been hurt in the church. Um, and, and I embrace that, you know, for us who have faith, we find our strength in depending on God. And that's where our hope is. Um, for other moms, I love to come to my site who don't have spiritual beliefs and I just encourage them to just be open, just be open to the idea of, yeah, you know, I could find straight strength and faith. Yeah. So I know you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, your own crisis of faith. And so how has your faith deepened as a result of your journey? And I mean, one of the things you mentioned was just being willing to collapse in the arms of God. That takes so much courage, right? To trust him. Like if you think about in real life, if you're going to collapse in the arms of someone, you know, your husband, a spouse, a friend, a family member, usually there's a level of trust that's there. Mm-hmm. So could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So my journey, you know, I was a Christian. I was a pastor's kid my whole life. I thought, you know, I had a really deep faith, which I did. Um, and then when I began to distance, um, from God and the bitterness and the anger and the doubts, and it just, it was agonizing, not being able to find an answer or understand, um, and believing that God had not been with me, that he had abandoned me. That was, that was the big barrier. So when I was willing to say, okay, I don't understand and realizing that God was with me. Um, yeah. When there's not that trust, when there's that hurt, it's extremely difficult, but I just realized it's either do this or just go on living in darkness and die. Right. And it was at that moment, I felt comfort and healing and a deeper connection with God that I've ever felt in my life. And I thought, is this what faith is? Not <laughs> understanding, but being willing to trust. And it was just the most powerful moment in my life. And my faith is uh, deeper in my connection with God in ways I could never have imagined, which has fueled this joy for life. Yeah. I love what you said that faith is not about understanding, but being willing to trust. 
And I think, you know, I, I can certainly relate to that because I know, I think one of the things for me was when I was willing to just be honest with God about how I felt Mm -hmm. all the grief and the sadness and the anger. And and like you said, the thoughts of like, would my, my life be easier without this burden that I'm, that I'm carrying, you know, and then you go, Oh, wait, Lord, please don't, you know, you're like, you kind of have this little debate in your mind with, with God. Like, I don't really mean mm-hmm. that, you know, but I'm really thinking this. And um, I know like Job, just reading about Job and I grew up in the church too. And like you, you had this sort of like Sunday school version of Job, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, he, he, but then when you actually read it, you're like, wow, this is raw. This is emotional. Mm-hmm. It's angry. And yet at the end, Job tells, Job's friend Eliphaz, that only Job was the one who spoke rightly about him. And I think that just gives us so much freedom to go to him with mm-hmm. everything, you know, that we're feeling. Um, what is something that you would tell yourself at the beginning of your journey? If you could go back and tell yourself one thing or two, what would you tell yourself? I would definitely tell myself. I don't know how, but God is with me. God is with you. I, you can't see it, but he's not left your side. Yeah. That is, that is the first thing. The second thing would be, there's nothing wrong with you as a mom. Yeah. You are doing the best that you can considering all that you're going through. Right. And I think those two things would have given me the strength and hope to push through. Yeah, definitely. Those are really, really good. So would you tell our listeners about, first of all, as we wrap up, is there anything else that's on your heart today that you would like to share about special needs motherhood and your faith journey and anything like that? I just want to, I just want to say to the moms listening, you don't have to suffer in silence. And I just encourage you to reach out, reach out to someone. If you feel so isolated and depressed, reach out to someone, whether it's even a person you don't know well, who's another mom, a pastor, someone. And if you are thinking that maybe this is more than just caregiver stress or grief, seek help. The sooner you seek mental health treatment, the better your outcome will be. Um, so I just want to encourage people who are just really fighting, um, their thoughts and their emotions to just have the courage to seek help and reach out. And then lastly, where can we find you on social media? Will you tell us a little bit about your website? I believe you have a community that moms can join. Is that correct? I do. I have a Facebook community. It's pretty new. It's called Special Needs Moms Living Strong. Um, And that's the name of the group on Facebook. If you go to my website, there's a direct link to the group. Uh, My website is specialneedsmomsblog.com. And I have a lot of free resources that you can download. Um, I have a whole tab on mental health. I have lots of blog posts um, about various tips and lot of anxiety posts and grief, um, and shame, like I've talked about today. 
And so, and on Instagram, I'm at special needs moms blog. And I just encourage you to go check out those free resources. Um, I would just love to hear from you. Yeah. And I can, I'll tell our listeners, I'm going to leave the links to Kristen's website and her Instagram and all that in our show notes. And she does have some amazing resources. I personally have been taking advantage of them lately and they're incredible. You have so many on there and so many practical things. And I just think that that is amazing. And so thank you so much for being a guest on Take Heart today. Appreciate you being thank here you for having me. It's been great. Thank you for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking on the journey with us. Be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com. If you have any questions or comments, please follow the links. We love hearing from our listeners. Tune in next week as we hear from another special guest in our Take Heart Summer Interview Series.